Thanks for listening in. Welcome to Leading Well, where we get to know leaders and how they make it happen. I'm your host, Tim Davis. And I'm his co-host, Alyssa. Let's welcome our guest today, Joey Speeton. Good morning, Joey. Good morning. Thank you for having me. You betcha, man. Thanks for carving out time out of your busy schedule to be with us. Um, we, uh, you know, we just, again, try to get to know people and uh, let's just get after it. So um, what was life like as in a child for Joey? Oh, man. Well, so much has happened to me. It's hard to catch you up on everything. Uh, <laughs> I, I grew up the oldest of seven children, and so with that, um, there were times where I was kind of the guinea pig yep. uh, with things. Um, I was also probably, even though I was the oldest, I was one of the most shy. Like looking at old home videos, you'll see especially the three middle children, they'll be talking nonstop, super energetic, loud and boisterous, and then they're just me, maybe saying like one or two sentences. <laughs> Uh, and so now that I'm in a marketing position, a lot of people find that shocking. Uh, but that really changed in high school um, because one of the middle children wanted to um, look into uh, acting and see what kind of – he had a lot of skills. We called him our drama queen. And <laughs> so he wanted to do uh, audition at Skit Theater, local yep. Um, yep. community theater. But he didn't want to audition alone. So us four olders at the time went and auditioned. Um, and I ended up getting cast as Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh my! Um, so which I about cried. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I did not. I even like with this now to this day, I am still terrified talking to people. Um, so being cast as that, there was only one page in um, in the play that I wasn't. I didn't have a line. And during that one page, I was also right behind the curtain backstage getting dressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one of the things that I feel like was most significant in my childhood because it didn't take away the fear. Like I was saying, I'm still terrified talking to people. Uh, but it helped me realize that that fear doesn't have to stop me from doing those things. Mm. Um, so that that was a, a major impact in my life. And I still, Lori and, and everyone at Skit, um, I thank them every time that I see them because of that. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, our son and uh, daughter did lots of musicals and i think camden did uh high school musical with okay with yeah Skit and so on so. he let his hair grow out because he has kind of wavy oh, hair and boy, yeah. plucked yeah. it out yep yep all those sacrifices actors make right? i know yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah i had to wear tights mm-hmm. oh yeah my leg hairs were oh. that was horrible and yeah. mascara and my eyes i can't handle anything close to them so every time yep and every day yep yeah, <laughs> yeah. i never would have thought of mm-hmm. that's funny so as you're going through school, what's uh, what's high school, what's college age life look like for you? Yeah, so I was homeschooled for most of my life. It was off and on. Um, but the last two years of high school, I was enrolled through a school over in Nashville. Mm. Uh, so I never actually got to meet any of my classmates. So I was till, still basically homeschooled, mm-hmm. uh, just turning all my paperwork over there. And then college... I was not sure what I wanted to do because I didn't like the idea of going into a bunch of debt, but I also knew like that's what everyone around me was pushing me to to go and try. <laughs> so I ended up finding a really cheap college to go to, um, and I figured, you know, this would be worth it. I can have a degree. Statistically, that's where most people find the love of their life and get married, so like this seems <laughs> worth it. Uh, so I went and I did that, um, but that first winter, it was right before Christmas, I ended up being in a car accident. I was trying to be oh. responsible. I was at a birthday party. And three of us were like, hey, we have homework due this Thursday. We're going to head home <laughs> early. Um, and so we were driving back into town. And, and the driver, um, he wasn't drunk or anything. There was, there was no alcohol involved. But he was just being fun and reckless um, and ended up losing control, um, 
shifted into some gravel and we crashed into a tree. I was in the back seat, so I didn't have any airbags. So the seatbelt definitely saved my life from going and hugging the tree, uh, but it did break my collarbone, bruise some stuff up. Wow. So I ended up coming home, um, and that changed my plans. Mm-hmm. So I, I finished the year online, um, ended up talking and developing a friendship with um, the younger sister of two of my friends, and that's who I'm now married to. Uh, so it all worked out pretty well. And you did meet your significant other. <laughs> I, I did, yeah. <laughs> Technically, yeah. yes, it was after college. Yeah. Um, but then I guess that's also another thing um, – That'd be a bad thing, but I view it still as a positive because that's also a good reminder for me. Because now if my shoulder didn't heal properly, so if I do anything above it, I feel it. And Mm. I definitely regret it later on in that day, sometimes multiple days. Um, But the reason why I knew that my friend was driving reckless, but I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to be made fun of or be considered a sissy or whatever. And I am now suffering that for the rest of my life. So even that. All those things I feel like have helped shape me. Like, it's worth it. Sometimes we made fun of if I think something is wrong. Yeah. Um, So that was college, though. I was then about to go back after I'd recovered that first year. And my parents actually pulled me aside and said, hey, why don't you and your siblings start a band? Uh, Which is normally what the kid says to the parents, you know? (laughs) Uh, So... The four olders, uh, me, one of my sisters, and two of my brothers, ended up starting a band called SOS. We were doing stuff with uh, local camps and schools. Uh, My dad was a state farm agent at the time, so we helped with a couple different state farm uh, giveaways and events around town. And then we ended up auditioning for The X Factor, and we went down to L.A. We made it through to the third round. Wow. Um, But all of this is before it's even televised. Like, we made it in front of a producer— but right. and so they had a camera there, but that was just for them to review. Nothing that we did was on television. Mm. We weren't that right. good. Uh, but again, that was a very fun experience. And even though we didn't make it past that, but the weird Santa guy that was next to us did, um, we we're like, hey, you know what? That was still fun. We want to keep doing this. Uh, and so we did that for a while yeah. um, until we kind of just naturally each went our different directions. But had yeah. a lot of fun with that. And it's very cool to see how I, I know we'll talk about this later about what I do. Uh, but developing those skills has helped me now, even in my job, getting to make parodies and different things and get paid for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I know, uh, you know, you work for, uh, you know, Summit Cleaning and Restoration, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you have a, a new uh, title. What is that? Yeah. Uh, so I will be, they, they actually haven't solidified the title, okay. um, but they're thinking something senior to make me feel better about myself yes. uh but it'll be like a senior account manager of there sorts. you go so yeah yeah i've um, been able to move up through the company they've given me a lot of opportunities over the last uh, seven years give or take yeah and uh so um summit is a partner to uh valor and and the rec and and uh the tagline that we have that uh that the rec is way more than a bowling alley actually was joey's idea and so uh let's let's touch on some of those you're you're a super creative guy you've pulled that company forward from a social media perspective and and the way that you know impacted the culture and the way it's perceived in the community tell me a little bit about that yeah, well, thank you very much. And I, I feel honored that you guys have that tagline. So it always <laughs> makes me feel special. Yeah. Um, I'd say a lot of it. So I started at Summit on the fire and cleaning crew. Um, and after working for about just under a year, 10 or 11 months, they had an opening on in, in the marketing team. And two of my supervisors said, hey, why don't you guys give Joey a shot and, and have him go through the interview process? And they're like, well, 
does he have a degree in marketing? And they're like, <laughs> no. And they're like, well, does he have any experience in marketing? They're like, no, but we really think you should you should have him apply. They're like, okay, well, we'll consider him. So right up front, as soon as I applied, they're like, just to let you know, you know, we already have two people we're looking at from outside the company that actually meet these qualifications. So like, I understand. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, so I went through the interview process and then they ended up uh, promoting me and they said that they felt like everything else can be taught, but it was the the core values mm. um, and how to express those to other people that I had. And they're like, that can't be taught. Um, so I, again, felt very encouraged by that and, and wanted to prove them right. Uh, and so all the creativity I feel like that I've had at Summit has really come from me practicing with my church's youth group. Because uh, mm. after I graduated and went to college, when I came back, I then started helping with the youth group uh, for about four or five years. And with the kids, you always have to keep them entertained, yeah. uh, but you also want to teach some, you want to get some messages across. And with Summit, it's a very serious industry. I mean, we're helping people at one of the worst times of their life, right. but also most people don't want to follow a social media page. It's like, this could happen to you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, like that's kind of down and depressing. Uh, right. So finding that balance of being respectful, but also bringing joy to people. Mm. And so I felt like I basically got to do what I was doing at youth group, make it maybe for a little bit more mature of an audience. And then and have fun with it. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, uh, culture's so important. You know, we we have guests that we talk about it. We we preach it around around valor. You know, it it drives hopefully most everything that we do. And I know that you guys have similar uh, values and culture that you're you know that you're trying to drive down. Yeah. So yeah, and I would say that comes from the top down. Like I appreciate you credited me with some of that. Um, but really, I'm just sharing what the leadership team is already doing. Like, I wouldn't be a part of Summit if I felt like it was me trying to steer the ship or being, you know, like the lone wolf in the company. But they've they've made it a point, And it's why I've stuck around. It's why a lot of other people have stuck around that if anyone has to sacrifice, it'll be them. Um, and then they empower all of us. Like, literally, they'll give us all credit cards. Uh, we call them Ritz cards just to be able to help provide a better experience for our customers. Like there's mm. no profit or it's not part of our budget with when we're working with insurance or anything. It's something that they've set aside for us to be able to help people when they're struggling even mm. more than what the, a disaster typically entails. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's good. Um, but it's also uh, important that the, where you help to elevate that is to show the rest of the community, right, that that's happening. Yes, uh, as a as a recipient of, of your services, I, I understand that, but not everybody does. Not everybody's been a recipient. And of course, like you're saying, it's usually through a disaster or mm -hmm. a fire, a flood or whatever that you guys come swooping in to help make it happen. So, yeah. Um, let's see. So uh, what is, uh, well, when was the first time you noticed yourself as a leader? Oh, yeah, that was... I was so I was usually pretty down on myself for for most, especially when I was a hormonal moody teenager. Oh, well, you're a firstborn too. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah. Um, and well, and I also did the math not to um, tear down my parents at all, but I, all of us kids were watching their uh, wedding uh, home video, and I did the math in my head, and I was like, "Wait a second, like, this lines up." <laughs> Gestation the, period. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so. And I, so I found that as a teenager and then just me overthinking things. And I was like, man, so like then from that point on, I viewed everything that filter, like whenever my parents would argue or anything was wrong, it was like, uh -huh. did they only stick together because of me? And it's like, so it's my fault that this is going on. Mm -hmm. Or like if, if I came about because of a mistake, then like what good can I possibly bring to myself or others? So I did not view myself as anything close to a leader for a really long time. Um, 
the one time that I started considering it and then I shut it down because like, well, that's prideful was actually uh, my my youth group went to YWAM mm-hmm. for a ropes course day. Youth with a mission. Yeah. And we had to we were split into a couple different groups and then each group was competing against each other. And they had us do like a, on the count of three, everyone point to who you want to be the leader in your group. Uh, and so I pointed at the guy that I thought would be best, but everybody else pointed at me. And I was like, what the heck are they thinking? <laughs> um, right. But that stuck with me for a long time. Is like everybody else thought that I could lead them the best. Why did I not think that? And so I think that's the first time that I really started considering it and wrestling with like, what are these mm. feelings aside? Is it me being, you know, conceited or am I being conceited that I can't possibly serve in a leadership role? Like it mm. was a lot of turmoil for me, but it was those people just pointing at me that that really started it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, the way we're designed and, you know, personalities and there's, of course, environmental impacts on on those. But I think there's some core things with this. And so, you know, firstborns and and people who lean towards uh, uh, artistic stuff are hypercritical of themselves. They carry really high standards and like to beat themselves up about that. So, you know, you don't you don't have a patent on on that stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah. We have a firstborn and he's very much the same way, you know. So yeah. Um but that also comes across as humility, which it's it's not fake. It is. It's true humility. And people tend to gravitate to that. You know, I uh I quote Craig Rochelle on this show all the time, but uh he says that People want to follow people who are always real, not always right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's when we show ourselves as as real people, we're vulnerable, and and that make mistakes. I think it endears the people in our organizations, you know, to us. But uh, um, let's see, what was uh, we might have touched on this, but what was the first thing you remember being passionate about? I mean, the first thing I remember being excited about was, I mean. To, to go religious is when I was saved as a mm-hmm. young kid because I like I was only seven but I was like mm-hmm. uh, my mom was asking me why I kept doing that thing and I, I I broke down saying like I try and I just can't like I can't not do it and because I remember because we had a little um, M&M dispenser it was the red guy and you pull his hand and the M&Ms come out I remember seeing him while looking back and forth between my mom uh, and that just saying like I, I don't know why I can't actually do this um, and then as I've been able to grow, because obviously as a seven-year-old, you can only be so bad. There's only so many things you can do. Uh, so I've been a lot worse since then. Right. Um, but that's one thing that I feel like has helped me with like what you're saying, being hypercritical of myself mm-hmm. um, with thinking, oh, there's nothing good I can bring to the world because I was a mistake. That's the whole reason I exist. It's like all of that doesn't matter if I'm pursuing a greater cause. And if Christ can redeem anything that I do, the mistakes and the good things, and it's like, I don't have to be hypercritical. Like, he's no longer hypercritical of me. Why am I? Right. Do I have a higher standard than God? That's, that's right. pretty prideful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's um, good. And then outside of that, um, I've always really wanted to be an author. Mm. Uh, so reading books, I would read books all the time when I was a kid. Like, my mom would punish my siblings with video games, movies, playing outside. For me, she would take my books away. Mm. Oh. Um, and that was just harsh. Uh, <laughs> so you need you and your siblings to get in trouble at the same time because then they took your books away to give them to somebody else to read right. as their well, punishment. So. You, well, then they'd all be like, why can't we have our books taken away? <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, and then I would, then after filling my head with all those stories, I would then make stories for my siblings because we travel around a lot or mm-hmm. we didn't always have a whole lot of stuff. Um, and so I'd come up with stuff to entertain mm-hmm. both my sisters and my brothers. So something for, for both of them. And so now I'm trying to to put those in writing. Yeah, the so the 
the book, uh, or what does that look like? I mean, you're you're engaging in a writing process. Yeah, so I have so many ideas, um, but there's there's a few that I've actively worked on. Um, and so what it looks like is, um, first I have the story and what I want to get across with it. So I'll write that down in like just a Google Doc or in a notebook. Sure. And then from there, um, there's a lot of different ideas of people saying, especially accomplished authors saying like, this is how the best way to write a book and actually keep making progress. And so I've kind of taken ideas from each of them to see what works best for me. Uh, so I have the idea of what I want to get accomplished, uh, the characters that I want, and then I make a, a plot line. And then I'm slowly on a separate page with that plot line filling in each part. Because as an idea comes to me, I'll fill that in with that part. So instead of starting from chronologically from mm-hmm. the beginning to the end, that's roughly what I'm doing with it. Okay. Um, yeah. But there are sometimes like, oh, I don't want to forget that. So instead of trying to remember it for years at this point, you know, because sure. it's, it's slow going, um, I just skip down to that part and write down what I want. Um, and then yeah. I'll go back and tweak it because as I'm getting better, even without having writ- finished anything yet, um, I can go back still and be like, oh, that's so cringy. Like that's that should not be even in the rough draft. <laughs> so then I'll go and I'll fix that. So it's cool to see how I'm progressing even as I'm working on a, a bunch of different ideas. Yeah. So do you have a an, a deadline, you know, out mm. there for you? My deadline is um a, a tentative deadline is five years for the first one. Just because it's it's a very slow, that's a very long deadline. Sure. How far so, along are we in that process? Um I have well See, that's the thing too. It's a deadline for one of them because I have multiple. Yep. Um, but with one of them, I've already completed all of the the rough outline. Um, and then with f- f- actually filling in the story, I'm about a third of the way through. Um, but that is one of a five-part series that I've fully fleshed out with um, yeah. things that are going on. So here's what I'm getting to, Joey. Yeah, is, yeah. Uh, we want you on the air to Give us a date. No. <laughs> and then and then, as any good uh, leader or mentor would do is uh, I'm going to follow up with you and see how we can help okay. make that thing what, happen. What if this is – what if the, I can do this instead and barter with you? Okay. Because there's go. something that I've actually already pulled the trigger on and it involves writing. Okay. Um, because like I was mentioning that I'm a Christian and, I, and I'm very passionate about what God has done for me. Sure. Um, there's a lot of marketing ideas that are out there, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of them are very effective, but I don't think all of them are necessarily biblical. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've started a blog, um, which so then that involves writing, yep. and, and my commitment is to do one a month. And in about five days, I'm going to be at the second month mark, and so I need to have a second one up. Um, you so you could you could okay. hold okay. me to that. Yeah, there you go. but I am going to also hold you to uh, oh, the, oh, you coming hoping. up with the date. So okay. um, it doesn't have to be why we're on the air, but I am going to follow up with uh, with Joey personally. So uh, there's for those of you listeners out there, I I books are very valuable, and I have lovingly pushed to completion a couple other people to to finish books, and one would be Bob Cruz, and I think uh, actually it's probably one of the top ten books on the planet. And mm-hmm. so, and he's a local guy. So I'm, I'm saying that the stuff inside of you needs to be shared, right? And and that's the value of, of what you're doing. And so I would, you know, it, it, as any good coach would say or, or mentor, uh, well, I, I want to lose weight or, well, I, I want to get in better shape. The, those aren't goals, mm-hmm. right? Put a, a number to it and a date to it, and that's when it's a goal. And so, yeah. Anyway, well, yeah, no, but, no, but, I but that's hear true you. for all I you agree. listeners out there, yeah. right? If you've got this idea, it could be a book, could be a company, could be a product, could be whatever. Uh, put a date on it. There's also, uh, I'm not a, a a very intelligent guy, but uh, there's a principle. I can't think of the name of it though. But once you put a date to something, 
you'll complete it. doesn't matter whether I set the date for 30 days from now or 100 days from now, I'll get it done. And so, yeah, so anyway. Well, also, and if I know what my, my end date is, like in a year, then I sure. know where I need to be at in a month, where I know where That's I need to be at in six months. That's how you can go backwards, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I'd be glad to, to help you get it published and all that stuff. We have a media side of what we're doing. And so anyway, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. That would be exciting. That's cool. Um, hey, let's ask a few a few fun questions. Uh, we have a, a slot called This or That. Um, you know, so I these, you said there weren't going to be trick questions. Trick yeah. questions. It's, well, it's going to be trick questions to some people maybe, but uh, is it cake or pie? Honestly, neither. I'm sorry. Neither. Yeah. He's not a sweets person, everybody. Oh, I'm a sweets person, oh. just not those. Okay. Ice cream. Ice cream. Yeah. If it's an ice cream cake, yeah. Okay. All righty. <laughs> it's just yeah. they're, they're too dry or I don't like the flavors. Yeah. Like, Interesting. I, it's the worst part of birthday parties. See, for me, I'm a berry person. So like pie is like an easy yes because like there's so right. many berry pies. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And cake for me, I like cake, but I'm not a frosting guy. So like, you know that's how a lot of cakes part. have That's the only part of the cake yeah. I'd be that's willing That's so to- funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, then this perfect match. He yeah. scrapes yeah. the icing <laughs> off. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah. Um, how about uh, hamburger or taco? Oh. See, if I say hamburger, my sister is going to hate me, but I, th- I think hamburger. Okay. There but, we I go. Mean, but tacos also have a part of my heart. Like, yeah, no matter what, it. you're you breaking don't, You don't have to <laughs> hamburger, though. swear off the other ones. Okay, but, okay. Uh, hamburger. Yeah. Hamburger. <laughs> yeah, this is also, we're holding you to this. I know. Never, yeah. so, never, uh, you have to so, choose The forever. deadline. By <laughs> yeah. the end of this month, you will no longer eat the other one. <laughs> this is an opportunity for your sister to find forgiveness. Yeah. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah. Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Oh, Easy. there what? we go. Yeah. Interesting answers being shared. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, pancakes or waffles? I mean, if it's store-bought, like, Eggo waffles. If it's homemade, pancakes. Yeah. That's a good, That's a good like, determiner right there. So uh, I have a routine in the morning, and it, this is, uh, it typically is a Eggo waffle and a protein shake mm. almost every day. Just something that's about what, it. Yeah. Damn. It's It's easy. Yeah. In fact, I don't put syrup on it or whatever. I toast it and eat it like that and wash it down with my protein shake, and I'm ready to go. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm usually ready for a second breakfast in about, uh, about 10 o'clock, 10.30. So. <laughs> I used to do that with the blueberry egg waffles in oh, college. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So, yeah. Um, let's see. How about uh, you uh, and you, your family is uh, musicians, and, and uh, so, is, so is ours. Uh, is there particular genres of music that you you like more than others um hmm over the years it's kind of changed based on my mood there were times where i'd listen to country there are times where i listen to rap it's pretty much everything except like hard like death metal type stuff i've never been in the mood for that it's fair so (laughs) that's a good answer Yeah. yeah Yeah, I mean, and, Phantom uh, of the Opera was on my soundtrack. Twenty One Pilots, there you go. On my soundtrack, okay. Everything All in between. Right. Yeah, if you don't like hit like a Broadway soundtrack like once a year, right? you know, yeah. come on. It's what are you be... doing with your life? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh and then how about what instruments do you play? Um, I mean, very very rough piano. That's how I make most of the songs that I come up with. There you go. Um, but like what I will do when I was in a band and then with our church uh, is bass guitar. Okay, bass. I always wished I could play bass. My hands are very small. So I can't, yeah. sorry, I can play bass. Mm-hmm. It is just more difficult <laughs> than right. some other people may have it. So, That's yeah, good. for me, I chose bass because I had a really hard time learning to 
form the the chords and strumming. The strumming mm. was really difficult for me. So I said with the bass, a lot of times you can just go like go with what you think yes, sounds exactly. good there. Like, this is perfect for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So uh, what other pieces of advice would you give uh, – somebody out there that's either thinking about writing a book that thinking about uh, applying for the for the uh the raise or the promotion or yeah we have listeners out there they're in all different spaces in their life you know? yeah. yeah i yeah i feel like um with work giving me all these opportunities over the years um to move up in the company and be able to provide not just as i got married but then having kids and multiple kids and we just bought a house um is that every time um, I wouldn't just ask directly for a raise. Instead, I'd ask, what can I do in order to earn a raise? Mm. Um, and then every time, because there were times where I didn't ask. Instead, they would offer it to me and they'd say, hey, we really appreciate what you're doing. We're going to uh, give you offer you a raise. Um, is whenever that would happen is one, they were saying they're giving it to me because of what I've done. But I would view it as soon as I got it, I now want to prove to them that, that was a good investment on their part. So then mm. I'd work hard to show them this was a good idea. To give Joey more money. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it seems to have worked out so far. There you go. It's gotten you where you are now, right? Yeah. That's well, good. Sure. I'm really grateful for That's good. Cool. Well, Joey, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, yeah. And if people want to reach out to get in touch with you, you, of course, can do it through Valor Mentoring. We can connect you or yeah. what's a way they can call you. Yeah. I'm also on email. on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, and you can email me, joeyspeaton at gmail.com. So, yeah. Just my name. Must be nice to have a first and last name that you can still get. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm the only one that exists. Yeah. yeah. The that's... only Joseph Speaton in America, which is pretty crazy. So all my gamer names, everything, it's always just me. That's wow. awesome. Wow. That's cool. Pretty so, nice. All righty. Well, thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you for joining us. You can listen to our new podcast episodes air every Saturday at 11 a.m. on KSLM. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Leading Well by Valor Mentoring. 